It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On 3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast presented by Status Jet. Our friends at Status Jet are all about getting you guys from point A to point B, but doing it with that personal touch that you would expect from a private jet charter company. And that's why we trust them uh, with getting us uh, to and from places when we can, of course. Uh, but whether you're looking for the perfect aircraft to buy, if you're looking to sell a plane, experience a new level of luxury with our friends at Status Jet. David Henry and his entire team will take care of you guys from start to finish uh, throughout the process of chartering a private jet. And when we look ahead now to later this month, January 31st, the new schedule for SMU will be out and it'll be that perfect opportunity to get a jump start on booking your travel to any of those ACC venues that you want to get to. Um, and that's why when you use the code PONYUPACC or mention us on theponyexpress.com, when you work with Status Jet, they will give you a discount on your round-trip flight uh, when you book through them at Status Jet. So if you're looking for that personal touch, if you're looking for all the little details to be worked out, check out Status Jet at statusjet.com, presenting sponsor of the On The Pony Express podcast. Appreciate their support of the pod. Guys, we've got a lot to talk about here. Since we last chatted, a lot has happened uh, for SMU, and, and we're going to kind of take a reset and address where things stand in the transfer portal for SMU as uh, their needs are being hit, but there are still some out there. Um, but first, we get to the news that we haven't talked about just yet uh, when it comes to SMU, and that is uh, two promotions or uh, tweaks to the coaching staff, uh, one a promotion and the other uh, a, a tweak in responsibilities. We're going to jump into those right now. As last week, uh, SMU did promote defensive uh, assistant Sam Dunham to the edge spot on that defense, handling those pass rushers, uh, the bandits, as uh, they're called um, in Scott Simon's defense. Sam Dunham uh, promoted to this role. He coached this position last year for SMU as um, a graduate assistant analyst um, type of situation. Um, and so the guys that you saw in this role, guys like Nelson Paul, Isaiah Smith, Cam Robertson, uh, players at various points of their careers all got coached up by Sam Dunham. And he's somebody that this coaching staff has a lot of respect for. He spent uh, the better part of December on the recruiting trail, actually, as as Keenan Hall uh, left and then um, Johnny Brewer left. So um, uh, there were two spots open, but Sam Dunham was working with one and then Derek King was working on another. And so um, 
he spent the past season as a defensive senior defensive quality control analyst. Um, and he's been uh, somebody that has been kind of talked about among coaching staff members uh, that I've talked with as far as being an up and comer. And um, this is an important move for SMU to go ahead and do um, and, and address that uh, position that they had open uh, after Johnny Brewer, after um, Keenan Hall left, um, they pr promoted Derek King, which we've talked about um, already. And we've broken that down uh, for you guys. But um, this coaching staff is in a position now, and I mentioned this on the board, where recruiting is so paramount to getting SMU to the level that they want to be at in the ACC. And we've seen that with the top 20. Uh, five class that they have. I think it's still top 25, top 25 class that they still have in the uh, 2025 class, uh, it, which currently sits uh, 15th overall, fourth in the ACC for the class of 2025. And we talk about fits and we talk about timing and all those things when you evaluate coaching moves. And this is an interesting one for Rhett Lashley and Scott Simons, because look, Scott Simons, you want to retain him. You saw what SMU did under Scott Simons last year when they got some players in and addressed the positions and all of those things. Well, Sam Dunham was an integral part of that. So you promote him, you reward him. And now SMU can go from having three people coaching up safeties um, to having Ricky Hundley and Scott Simons back there in the secondary. And that's because SMU has moved Kyle Cooper over from safeties and special teams to be the running backs coach. Uh, for SMU, and he's also retained that job as special teams coordinator. Now, here's the thing, guys. Kyle Cooper, for one, is one of the best recruiters on the staff. Um, he's gone into East Texas, mined that area, and done very well. He's a big part in getting Derek McFall, the four-star prospect, to sign with SMU. Uh, he was the, uh, is the lead recruiter on Demetrius Brisbane and Ricky Stewart, um, and is somebody that has – clearly made his mark in that regard and he's kind of bounced around but when people see this they say well he spent you know time on the defensive side when he got back to smu and all those things like what's the deal here well he started his career really on the offensive side with rhett lashley he was with them um not only at miami before he came over um to smu as um when rhett lashley was you know hired as the head coach but he was also here with Rhett Lashley when he was the offense coordinator, and then he was, and then he latched on with him um, at UConn in 2017. So um, he's kind of been all over in terms of where he's coached, but he got his start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so this does make a little bit of sense for Rhett Lashley with a veteran room and a room that is going to be um, key in terms of recruiting for the next couple of years to give Kyle Cooper this opportunity. Now, um, I think it goes without saying that SMU, SMU has had really bad special teams for a long time. So let me be pretty clear on that. Yeah, I mean, since, uh, it's for off the top of my head, since Frank Gans senior left, special teams have been, for the most part, bad. They've been okay here and there um, at moments, but we know it's been consistency. We always talk about the Brack, uh, um, back-breaking um, kickoff return for a touchdown that has happened here and there over the years in critical moments. 
Well, SMU has, for the most part, been able to remedy a lot of the return game issues. Um, you look at Rice, uh, that was a game where they were helped with dumb penalties, things like that. It, it kind of didn't go that well. Um, but you look at some of the things that SMU was able to do covering kicks, and SMU's kick and, and punt return uh, was not bad um, this year. And, and I'll have to look it up, but um, this was a unit that definitely got better in that regard where people will pull their hair off uh, hair out is looking at some of the, uh, the block punts, the block kicks, all of those things um, that SMU was susceptible to um, this season um, in moments. Um, But you look at um, this group, it was the first time that, um, SMU was working with Kyle Cooper as a special teams coach. And so as a young coach breaking into a new role, there's no doubt that he's got to improve some things, notably um, protections. Uh, that is the big thing that he's, I'm sure, going to be working on this offseason. Um, and it's not to say that, um, you know, if we're sitting here in a year from now and things don't improve, Rat Lashley won't make a move. Um, but I think one thing that we look back on going into this season is that there wasn't much shakeup in terms of who's coaching what, who's doing this and that. You know, they tweaked some things on the def- defensive side of the ball, but it was the same group. And going into the ACC, I don't mind betting on guys that you are familiar with. And in Sam Dunham's case, he coached that unit. So people who were looking at the two spots that were opened up, Johnny Brewer leaves, Derek King leaves, and they were saying, oh, what, what's Rhett Lashley going to do? One, SMU had to go out and basically restructure all the contracts for all these coaches, right? And they had to go out and spend money to do that, to keep guys. Scott Simons, we're sitting here January 9th, LSU has opened, Missouri has opened, Texas A&M has opened. There's been multiple big jobs that have opened in the region. And as we're sitting here recording this podcast, we really haven't seen Scott Simon's name even get to that point where you're sitting there saying, oh man, uh, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? They've offered him all those things. Now, USC opened up a while ago. I heard he completely flat out turned that down. Even an opportunity to to interview. So when you look at retaining staff and retaining key key members, SMU has not had has not been cheap this offseason. They've had to go out and do things for some of these coaches to get them not only on the ACC level, but also reward them and also pay them fairly based on what they think they deserve. Rhett Lashley, Keenan Hall, he said, you know what? I want an associate head coach title that came with a massive bump. There wasn't too much SMU could do to give him all the things that he wanted. Johnny Brewer, he's getting a shot to be a first-time play caller. Makes a ton of sense for him to go. So you have two spots where SMU has a coaching staff where your head coach is your play caller and very involved already in quarterbacks and game planning and all those things. 
So that's a hard hire. Most OCs are quarterbacks coaches. It's very hard to have a standalone quarterbacks coach that you bring in and say, hey, look at all this upward trajectory you can get. Johnny Brewer had to leave to go get that. Derek King, if all goes well, he's going to probably one day leave to go get that. And that's a good thing. That That's something that needs to happen and shows that you're having success on the field. So hiring for the quarterback coach's job is not necessarily this thing where you just go money whip somebody who has been at a power five level because guess what? It's a hard position to hire for when you say to them, well, we have an offensive coordinator and Casey Woods here and Rob Likens is co-offensive coordinator, but don't worry, you're not going to get a chance to call plays because Rhett Lashley is a play caller. Now, that is a totally different discussion if we want to talk about should Rhett Lashley be the play caller. That's for another day. But they've been solid offensively with a first-year quarterback, and a lot of that is Rhett Lashley and the staff figuring out what buttons to press play calling-wise. So when you look at that job, makes a ton of sense to retain Derek King. He had opportunities elsewhere, including one job that he could have gone and been a quarterback's coach and probably had the chance to have upward trajectory at that job at some point. Instead, Rhett Lashley promotes him, and De'Eric King, who played for Rhett Lashley at Miami, understands this offense and relates pretty well to the guys in the room. So he's going to take on recruiting Keelan Russell. Um, He was in home with Tyler Aronson, who moves in at SMU later uh, this month as an early enrollee. This room is going to be pretty safe because De'Eric King – has coached these guys with Johnny Brewer this season and helped these guys develop as much as he can in his role. Now he's going to be a first-time on-field assistant, just like Johnny Brewer was. This is his, That was his first time being an on-field assistant, was this job. He'd been with Rhett Lashley a while in the coaching role. Derek King spent a couple seasons playing for him on the field. So there are those positives when it comes to having a guy who's played the position recently and played for Rhett Lashley and just seems like a cool customer. So they rewarded a guy that looks like he's going to be an up and coming guy in Derek King. And then when it comes to the running back room, I think this was an intriguing one because again, you have Scott Simons. Let's go back to this. And this is my opinion on this. You have Scott Simons who put, who's put together one of the best defenses Uh, or without a doubt, the best defense SMU's had since the 1980s. And you want to keep him, and you want to keep him happy. And the success that they've had is certainly due to a guy like Sam Dunham coaching his position without being an on-field guy. And so you say, okay, we have an opening where we can slide Kyle Cooper to running backs and get another defensive guy on field in a recruiting role. He's really good on, on the trail from what I've heard. He's got SMU right in the thick of it already for Max Granville, four-star edge from um, the Houston area. He's from Texas. He's from uh, the state of Texas, which is always big. So you add a guy who can help you in in a couple different ways while he's cutting his teeth as a first-time, full-time assistant. He's already coached on the field, hands-on, with a position group and a room. So you are taking a very calculated approach with that, it's not like taking somebody who has been off the field in recruiting 
or in a different role as an analyst and not been able to coach a position and be hands-on because um, they're working with a Rob Likens or they're working with a Casey Woods or something like that. Instead, they've been hands-on. They've proven that their group can develop and play well. So you reward them. And then the natural decision is, well, what do you do with Kyle Cooper? He's got experience on the offensive side of the ball. They're at the max in terms of where they can be in terms of number of assistants. Well, you don't want to take Kyle Cooper off the road. He has offensive experience. Rhett Lashley trusts him. Natural fit is for him to go into that running back room and settle in there. And I think it'll be a good fit. I think it'll help, quite quite frankly. And this is a running back room that has been recruited well. But last year in 2023, I felt like underachieved. I mean, with all the talent that they had, and it was kind of up and down with some injuries and nicks and bruises here, and Keenan Hall's rotation. And I mean, it was it was a good group that produced at times, but did not give you what you were looking for last year. And coaching the running back room is not necessarily all about recruiting. It's not all about coaching. But if you get good players and you keep them rolling, that is the key to having a good running back room. Nobody said well, that guy's found uh, five diamonds in the rough and they're, they've all panned out because he's developed them. This doesn't really happen at running back. You find dudes who at some point or another have shown reasons why they can be productive at the next level. You hit on those evals and then they develop in your system and are productive. What I think SMU needed was they needed to find a way to keep Kyle Cooper on the road. They accomplished that by moving him to running backs while promoting Sam Dunham. And again, when you go to the ACC, I think Rhett Lashley wanted a little bit of continuity. And now you look around and you have that. In terms of things that still have to happen, Kyle Cooper has to get more out of that running back room. He also has to get more out of special teams. Garrett Clawson, the special teams analyst that was brought in before this season, they have to work together. They have to figure things out to improve that entire situation. You're going to have Colin Rogers back, who they need more out of. And I think we saw some improvements over the course of the year with him. You have a new punter in Isaac Pearson. You have your long snapper coming back in Will Benton, which is always a good thing. You are going to have to find a way to fix your protection issues first and foremost, because those are the big things right now. That if you look at SMU and you look at the issues uh, that they were um, presented with, those were the ones that really stuck out overall. And if you clean up those protection issues, then you can really move forward in a positive direction overall. So there was some good on special teams. They set up some good returns. Roger Daniels had a good good year they figured out at certain moments how to solve the brutal return game issues from early in the season remember Keyshawn Smith was explosive coming in to SMU had some big returns at Miami Brian Massey when healthy showed how he could be an explosive return man but SMU basically fiddled with that position of kick return for the first three or four games and then finally settled in on Roger Daniels, and he was able to do some things. And then he also had a good year as a punt returner. So they took some time to figure things out 
on that front and check those boxes. But the biggest thing he has to do is he has to fix the protection. SMU did a decent job covering kicks this year and covering punt returns. They really did, in my opinion, at least. And I know the the bar has been very low over the years for SMU when it comes to special teams, but that's been something where they can fix that and address it. And I, I think they did in the right way um, for SMU. So um, that is kind of the breakdown now that we pretty much know um, the entire situation when it comes to um, the uh, w- when it comes to the the coaching staff. At least as of now, we're not anticipating any changes uh, in that in that regard. So um, that is good for uh, the Mustangs, without a doubt. So with that, guys, um, let me take a quick second here and tell you about our friends at. Game time. Um, I love game time. Uh, they're always there for me uh, and my wife whenever we're looking for tickets. A lot of the times right now, we we kind of look at events. We say, oh, that's cool. Look at that country concert or uh, look at um, that, ent- uh, that entire setup um, uh, for the, the, the show or whatever. That works for us. Let's go to it. Let's check it out. Well, how do we get tickets? How do we get them fast? We go to game time. And that's why, um, for example, later this month, you guys looking for SMU basketball tickets. They just came off a tough loss against Memphis, but they're playing some good basketball in the AAC overall. Check out those deals that they have uh, for you on game time, gametime.co, or use the game time app uh, to get the quickest and easiest ways to buy tickets. I'm telling you, it just takes a couple taps. Once you figure out what tickets you want, they give you seat previews of what you're going to see from those tickets. They have zone deals. They have flash deals that you can get in many cases. But the big thing is use promo code PONY for $20 off your first order. When you download that game time app, terms do apply. But when you download it, create an account and use the code PONY for $20 off your first order, you can get hooked up on uh, game time. Uh, using the Game Time app, um, the Game Time guarantee hooks it up. When you find the same tickets, um, in when you find tickets uh, in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110 percent of that difference. So check that out. Game Time official ticketing app of on the Pony Express and on three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, uh, SMU did pick up another transfer portal commitment, um, and this time it's on the defensive line, something that we know SMU needed to address in a big way. Well, they went out and got yet another big uh, defensive tackle from Arkansas. Uh, It is Torian Carter, who comes back to the Dallas area for his final two years of eligibility. Um, Let's tee this up, guys. Uh, This is a position group that we knew SMU needed to address. And they brought in Jafari Harvey, 
They brought in uh, Mike Lockhart, and now they bring in Jonathan Jefferson and Torian Carter. Both of those last two guys have two years of eligibility remaining. So when we look up in a year, uh, Omari Abor, Jonathan Jefferson, Torian Carter are still going to have at least one year of eligibility remaining, which is good. You're not going to have to go through necessarily the entire changing of the guard again. You're going to lose Elijah Roberts. You're going to lose Jafari Harvey. You're going to lose Mike Lockhart and Corey Roberson, but you're not going to lose all four of your starters um, like they did across the board when they lost um, Jordan Miller uh, or or losing four starters when you lose Jordan Miller, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, and Nelson Paul. So Torian Carter's an interesting guy. Um, he's always been um, uh, good to us when it comes to the recruiting side of things. I remember him coming out of Mansfield Legacy here in the DFW area. He was all the way back in the class of 2019. He was a, a top 75 defensive tackle coming out of high school, according to the On3 industry ranking. Made 32 appearances for the Razorbacks while in Fayetteville. He redshirted as a freshman. He played in 21 games over the next two seasons before missing all of 2022 with a knee injury uh, and then returned to full health this past season to play in 11 games. Um, he he posted 60 tackles and one and a half sacks over his career. Um, and his redshirt senior year this past year, he posted career high in tackles career highs in tackles with 25 and sacks one and a half. So uh, this is a guy that will come in. It's about 6'3", 290, and be able to be another rotational guy. You have Mike Lockhart, who's probably going to be your nose tackle, as of now at least. And then you have Corey Roberson, who's going to back up uh, at defensive tackle. And then you have Torian Carter and Jonathan Jefferson, who are going to fight over that other starting defensive tackle spot because you have Elijah Roberts and you have Jafari Harvey out on the edge. You have Jalen Samuels, Isaiah Smith, Cam Robertson coming back. Omari Abor, you hope, puts it all together and, and can be healthy and ready to go and provide you some more competition. Um, you can do all of those things uh, with those guys. And, and again, it provides you some versatility and, and ways to address <clears throat> that position. Um, in many ways, I would still sit here and say versatility has been the key for SMU along the defensive line. And when it comes to improving uh, that group, it's just as important as being able to sign a bunch of guys who are big and strong to play and all those things. Well, they've been able to sign guys that can plug in at different spots and help this team. So um, SMU finished inside the AP top 25 for the first time since 1984, finishing at number 22. And they're looking to continue that momentum um, going into the ACC. And when you saw the coaches poll come out, I think they finished 24th in that one. Um, a lot of the way too early rankings, they have them in the top 25. Well, how do they continue that momentum that they built this year? It's about going out and getting guys like this to help you in the trenches. So if you're an OnThePonyExpress.com subscriber, which you can join for just a dollar for your first two months using Promo code SMU1, that's SMU the number one, for a dollar for your first two months. Jump on board. We're at an all-time high of subscribers. The community's fun. We're ramping up our basketball coverage. We're adding a new staff member here in the coming months. It's all a good time to jump on board. 
but even more so because we're going to be following what's next for SMU when it comes to addressing the transfer portal and junior days are about to heat up when it comes to the class of 2025 and beyond. Uh, SMU already sitting in the top 25 right now and recruiting for 2025. So tune in for much more on that. We're going to turn our, our attention there here pretty soon. We've got some big interviews to come with many of the top targets. Um, and then it'll kind of be time to put a wrap on that preview 2025. We'll obviously cover transfer portal uh, during that time as well. But then you're going to get into the full blown. All right. Addressing needs in 2025. Where do they need to go out and sign guys? Who are they going to target? And we'll also, before you know it, guys, be right into spring football. So it's going to be here before we know it. Um, and it'll be an exciting time with myself, Kevin Longquist, and our new staff member who will be covering it for us um, uh, in spring football. So jump on board today. In terms of what's next, SMU has addressed the defensive line well enough that you feel good about where things stand. I think what most likely is going to happen is SMU will get into the spring. They will uh, take a look at what they have on the defensive line. There are still some guys that um, can either work with Calvin Thibodeau and say, you know what, maybe I do need a fresh start. They can transfer after the spring. There are guys that will enter the transfer portal um, uh, and and head um, into the portal looking for a new home. And SMU could get through spring ball and still address with a defensive tackle. I think that would be smart if they can do that. Now, here's the reality of where they're at. And this is by my count. And so somewhere I'm missing someone that has moved on or um, – SMU is going to medically retire them or something like that. But right now I have SMU at 86 scholarship players. We know that they can only have 85. So you are up against the cap. So where do they go from here? There's got to be one guy that at least leaves uh, at some point um, or again is moved into you know medical retirement or something. We'll be looking out for that at On the Pony Express. And again, my account could be off. I could be completely missing somebody that transferred and is still on my sheet. But regardless, SMU still has needs to address. And so they have to go out at certain positions and do that. And that means there will be more attrition, which I would expect after the spring. Somebody's going to be able to graduate. Somebody's going to be able to find a way to move on. All those things. So where do they go uh, to address? I still think defensive line is somewhere I would try to address if I could. Hopefully with somebody, if you're SMU, that has three to four years left. Because if you look at the defensive line right now, they didn't bring anyone in the class of 2024. They have two guys out of the three they signed in 2023, Braden Flowers and Kevin Allen, left. They redshirted. Kevin Allen, they're hoping, can really take a next step and be a rotational guy, give you a few snaps. And then you have Braylon Jackson, who's still in there as well. And then beyond that, you have Omari Abor as a redshirt sophomore. That's it in terms of the young guys, four. So they have to find a way to address that position, both with the transfer portal next year after the season, but they could find a way to get somebody 
who has years, term, all those things left to come in and address the bottom or the, the youth on that position. That's what I would do. Been asked about Kendrick Blackshear, the Alabama transfer who entered the portal, who's a, a, a huge name, long time, uh, you know, fan favorite with his size and, and strength and all that coming out of Duncanville. I don't think they go in on him. I could be wrong, but I'll check. Um, but uh, he would help the linebacker room without a doubt. He'd be able to, um, you know, provide depth, but he's only really played special teams for Bama for the most part. He played a little bit on defense um, against Georgia, I believe, in the SEC championship game. But uh, he's somebody that only has one year left. I mean, he was class of 2021, and he's played enough every year to not redshirt. So do you bring in a guy like that when you have Jaquandis Burns, Kobe Wilson, Ahmad Walker coming back all with their final year of eligibility? I just don't see it. Um, so then you look at the secondary. Well, they have Deuce Harmon that they brought in. We talked about him on the last podcast. But they also need another corner to address that spot. And the big question would be, all right, well, where do they go? They've got some guys on the roster. I think Teddy Knox is somebody who's going to move over to corner. I think we're going to see guys like Jalen Davis Robinson, A.J. Davis, Jahari Rogers, and then obviously the younger guys coming in, Alex Rogers and Speedy Nettles, get opportunities. They still have Keyshawn Mills on the roster. They need to find guys who can really make an impact um, and help them in that position group because right now they lost – Charles Woods and Chris Meganson, who certainly helped them a lot. Safety is fine unless they find somebody who is a young player that they can bring in who wants to redshirt, hit a reset. But if you're looking for them to bring in a starter or a starter quality, it's just not going to happen um, at safety. So then let's flip over to the offensive side. Well, we've talked about it for a while. They need a tight end. They need another tight end in that room. I think they'll find it at some point here soon. Um, and we'll have notes on that at ontheponyexpress.com for those who subscribe. Um, but they need a veteran tight end. And there's a couple reasons why. You have RJ Maryland. We saw what happened when he got nicked up against Boston College. He went out of the game. That kind of messed with things. When you don't have RJ Maryland out there, you don't have to respect that tight end hooking up over the middle and just being a safety valve for the quarterback. We saw Kevin Jennings go to him a couple times early and then he got hurt. And then that was kind of it. Adam Moore made a splash, but he was still just going to be a second year guy. You need a veteran, you need a bigger body, especially to help with the run game. I don't think they address wide receiver barring um, some departures and the right fit overall in that regard. Again, I think younger guy um, running back. If there were to be a guy that again, wants to come in and, fresh start and it's the right situation. This goes across the board, maybe except every position except quarterback. They would entertain it. Don't get me wrong. They would entertain it. But you still have to find guys who fit, who don't top load your room. We're seeing that a little bit at parts of the roster where they have to fix some of that in the coming class, like to finish out this transfer class and then also in the recruiting class, they have to get younger on this roster. I know that sounds weird to say, but for the future, they need to get younger at certain parts of this roster. Then offensive line. I still think they want to find one more tackle. They're going to give Savion Bird a chance to come in 
and start at one of the tackle positions. <clears throat> He'll compete at right tackle in particular. Um, but then you also have a P.J. Williams coming back. But who's going to be the swing tackle out of those guys? There are a lot of questions in that group. But what we do know is the offensive line along the interior with Ja'Kai Clark, Branson Hickman, Ben Sparks, Logan Parr, um, Alex Woods, Justin Osborne, Nate Anderson, uh, King Large, who come in as a freshman, all very much solidified. Uh, that's in a good spot. So I think the only other spot would be tackle. They address it and um, go from there on that front. So um, there's not too much else to say on what's next. We'll share some targets as we can, um, but be sure to be at ontheponyexpress.com uh, for that. Um, quick reminder, guys, before we get to some basketball talk, I do want to talk about SMU's game uh, up at um, Memphis where they were able to uh, play well in the first half and then fall. But uh, before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys to check out our friends at StatusJet. StatusJet.com. They've got all sorts of different plane options for you guys to handle any type of travel need that you could want. Uh, they have helicopters. They have jets. They have big jets. They have all sorts of options for you guys when it comes to um, your private jet chartering experience. So, Again, Status Jet, David Henry, a proud supporter of SMU Athletics, him and his team will be able to handle any of your needs and also help you out in a pinch. If you had plans with another jet company and they canceled or things fell through, Charter Jet or uh, Status Jet can help you charter a jet quickly, efficiently, with that luxury and quality of service that you want. I'm really excited about what we have planned with them. So use the code PONYUPACC when booking with Status Jet. Mention us at ontheponyexpress.com. They'll get you a dis discount on your round trip. Tough to beat that. Um, we have some big things coming with them as SMU heads into the ACC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Speaking of the ACC, SMU gave it a good go against the top 25 Memphis team. Um, I guess it was Sunday afternoon um, playing up there at Memphis for the final time as an AAC member. Um, but SMU built the 12-point halftime lead, had a 15-point uh, lead going into or uh, about uh, five minutes left in the first half. But ultimately, wasn't enough. They lost 62-59. to uh, they fall to 10 and five overall, one and one in the AAC. Uh, their next game, they get a, basically six days. Uh, they head to East Carolina um, on Saturday, January 13th at 3 p.m. Central on ESPN. This is a tough loss for SMU for many reasons. Um, they went up to Memphis and I felt like took it to them in the first half with strong defense, toughness, all the things we've seen from SMU throughout the season in terms of their ability to limit offensive production. I mean, I was talking to one of my buddies and um, 
we worked together, Matthew Bruni, uh, who friend of his show. And I said, you watching this game? He said, yep. Took the under on Memphis, took the under on the whole thing. That's the type of play SMU's had. You've got outsiders in a way going in and saying, you know what? I know this is going to end up being an under for the opposing team. SMU's defense is that good. What they couldn't do is hit from beyond the arc. Three for 21 from three-point range, and then 12 of 21 from the charity stripe. Goes back to last year. Kind of the same thing from the free throw line. Couldn't get it done. They were out-rebounding Memphis 25-9 to in the first half, and it finished up um, with Memphis out-rebounding SMU in the second half 26-18. So your best players in big games have to step up. Zurich Phelps, Chuck Harris didn't have their best outings. And, you know, when SMU was dominating points in the paint, I think they finished winning the edge there. Um, you got to go back to that. And you've got to be able to find a way to force this team to play that way. And it, this is not a team that, under any at any point under Rob Lanier so far has shown offensive creativity and beauty and timing and all those things that you want. But what they have played with is a ton of heart, toughness, defense. That's what they've hung their hat on. And this team is good enough to be very much in the picture for the AAC. But what we already know, sitting here, going into week two of January, they're out of the NCAA tournament picture barring a winning the conference and I mean, maybe going undefeated in, in conference play. They're out of it. They're going to have to go on an improbable run to do it, to make the NCAA tournament. And they still got to play FAU at some point. They got to play Memphis again. It's, it's a team now that, all right, can you make the, the NIT? They've matched their win total from a year ago, which is great. That's improvement, but it's still just not where this program needs to be when you're heading into a conference like the ACC in basketball next year. And I don't know how you fix it, um, but when all else fails, when it comes to this team's offensive identity, it's got to be less is more. You've got to find a way to shut down certain guys' desire to play a little bit of hero ball, to take things into their own hands. It's just not working. So it was encouraging to see them play that well. But seeing them fall apart and even in the final minutes have opportunities. The game was tied with two minutes left and SMU didn't score a single point. They missed the second part of a... um, uh, Ty- Tyreek Smith made the first to tie it, missed the second. And from there, the game was tied. Memphis didn't score another point until the final three seconds when Javon Quinterly hit that three-pointer. That's where it's so disappointing for SMU. So disappointing. So they played hard. They played tough. They haven't been able to get things to go their way when it has mattered in some of these big games. So. Um, they've taken steps in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. But now this team has to basically be perfect to make the NCAA tournament. They have the NIT in front of them. That can certainly still happen. 
but some of these offensive some of the inability offensively to produce at key moments when it matters is going to cost them and they're you know probably not going to go undefeated the rest of the way in AAC play it's going to be hard to do so disappointing loss encouraging in the first half but this team is who it is and that is one that plays really hard defensively really tough basketball but they can't get it going offensively when it matters in particular so with that guys hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast um we're going to do our members only podcast which is now coming in-house as well at ontheponyexpress.com uh in the next day or so we'll do that we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the team i'm going to grade them and uh then we'll, we'll keep things rolling so hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast and we will catch you guys next time hope you guys Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at On3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.